Welcome to Why Not Me, the World podcast, hosted by Tony Mantor. Broadcasting from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Join us as our guests tell us their stories. Some will make you laugh, some will make you cry. Real life people who will inspire and show that you are not alone in this world. Hopefully, you gain more awareness, acceptance, and a better understanding for autism around the world. Welcome to my podcast, Why Not Me, The World. I was going to take this time to introduce myself to you, and then I remembered. I just did an interview with Tony Lloyd. He's based out of the southern part of France, and it covers everything that I wanted to tell you. We talk about my music, what I do here in Nashville, and most important, my plans for my podcast supporting autism awareness, acceptance, and understanding around the world. Now, once the interview is complete, I'm going to look into my crystal ball and I'm going to give you all the inside information on future episodes of my podcast. Hello, this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Tony Mantar speaking to me from the fabulous Nashville. Welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, no, it's um, a, a pleasure, a pleasure. I've done a little bit of research into you, as I do, um, and it says that you are a singer, songwriter, pianist and producer, and a few other things besides. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've had a good run here in Nashville. I, I started out just doing music production, development, pitching to record labels, you know, that type of thing, but the major mm -hmm. publishers. And then it developed into a record label in 2005, and since then I've I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of fairly well-known names. Yes, I understand. Give me the list. <laughs> well, um, uh, I worked, I I produced and managed Milo Mason, who who had a lot of big hits back in the late 90s on Country Atlantic Records. I've uh, produced uh, Jackie Wilson's son Bobby. I did. I produced and managed him for about eight years. Wow. Um, I produced. Uh, I produced and managed. I think a singer that was just on your show here recently, Debbie Campbell, Glenn Campbell's daughter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm I'm currently producing and managing uh, uh, the star of Happy Days TV show Donnie Most, who was used to be Ralph Mouth. Ralph, of course. Yes. <laughs> Say hello to Ralph for me. I will. I will. He's he's got he's a um, uh, great singer, and he's got that Frank Sinatra, Bobby Darin swing style, and just really, really takes you back in time to to when music was was just really, really about music. Fantastic! I tell you what, I still just for a laugh every now and again, uh, imitate the Fonz and go oh, yeah. to, go, to, go to a mirror because um, he went into the mirror in the men's room, didn't he, with a comb, and and then yeah. started to comb, and then said. No, hey, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, let's remember that. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Or maybe we can interview him, Ralph. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know he'd love to. Okay, great. Well, we'll sort that out later. That would be really cool. Um, it also says here that you're a multi-award-winning producer. Uh, so you've, well, you've won prizes. <laughs> well, you know, um, awards. I, I've won. I've won awards as manager of the year and and record label of the year. I've managed to get my name on on the um, uh, ballot for the Grammys four four or five times. Wow. Uh, I've just just been uh, announced as a Grammy mentor uh, for what they call Grammy U, which is kind of a a mentorship for for up and coming people that want to get into the music business. So I'm going to be working with a sophomore that's in Belmont College here in Nashville that wants to be either a producer or an engineer. So yeah, I've I've been very fortunate. Uh, a lot of things have come my way. Um, that's very modest of you. It's all down to your talent. Um, I'm sure. Guess how many awards I've won? <laughs> I wouldn't guess. You know, you, you you've probably done some. I'm guessing. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I've never been really about the awards. You know, I mean, it's it's nice to it's nice to be recognized. It's nice to have people put you up for them. But really, what it comes down to is is the body of work and the quality that you do that that really is the most important. Hmm. And how long have you been playing the piano? Well, i uh, I started uh, I, I started thanks to my mother at at uh, age eight. I was. Um, I was just like a normal kid like anybody else, just running around, having fun. And we had an old beat up piano. I'd go over there and pound on it for a while. And I paid a lot of attention to it. So my, my mother said, well, if you're going to take and, and pay attention to it, we'll fix it up, put new ivories on it, get it tuned, get it really in tip top shape and send you out there so you can have have piano lessons. And I did. And, and uh, you know, just as as and I was classically trained, Beethoven, you know, Brahms, Chopin, all those. And and then as I got into my teens, I, I started finding, you know, the Eagles and, and you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival and and the pop bands. And so it's my my focus shifted on the style of music. But but the, the biggest thing is I just had a love for music and I decided that I wanted to at least try to uh, see what I could do in it. That's amazing. I got to, I got to grade three and then gave up because I became a teenager and um, other things were more interesting in my life. Well, I I did that. Uh, at one point, I was I was supposed to practice every day for my weekly weekly visit with my piano teacher, and it got to the point where I was doing so much other stuff. My mother actually got quite upset with me and said, "Okay, if you're not going to take and." and practice every day like you're supposed to, and you're not going to do what you do diligence like you're supposed to, we're not going to pay to have you go down there every every week and and learn something when you're not learning. And that kind of kind of set me set me straight. And I, I changed my way and got back to practice. And I'm glad she was tough on me. Mm. And at that age, could you Im have imagined what you are today? Not at all. I mean, I mean, Back then, I had discovered, you know, the pops, you know, genre of music, I, Elvis and and, you know, all the R&B acts and the Motown and, you know, and all that. And and I always dreamed of of being on stage and performing and recording, you know, putting my songs out there. But but, you know, I was I was in a little little town in, in Maine, you know, Madison, Maine, and about five thousand people. And and it was a mill town and, and you just worked and, and you had your nine to five Monday through Friday jobs. And the entertainment business was a pipe dream. 
you know, so, so everybody that I told, you know, that I wanted to do this, it's like, what are you thinking? You know, you can't do that, you know, and, and, and they weren't being negative because they didn't think I could do it. They were just being negative because it wasn't anything that was perceived in that area as, as being something that's viable. Mm. You need a uh, bigger audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I took in, uh, I took and joined a local band and we, we became fairly popular. And, and then I had an opportunity to go to Nashville and, and people get a laugh out of this because uh, I had two friends of mine that were country songwriters and, and they wanted to go to Nashville, but they didn't have any transportation. So they asked me, they said, would you drive us down? We don't have any, any good transportation. And my response is why would, because I was into pop music. I was, so I was thinking Boston, New York, LA, not Nashville, you know, and, and, uh, and my, my comment was, why would I want to go to a hick town like Nashville? You know, so everybody get a big laugh out of it. So when, so I wound up taking them down. And then, cause when I drove up there, I saw the high rises and it was concrete and steel, just like any other city. Mm. And I got to walk music row and meet people. And, and I, I just really liked their back, back laid back attitude. And, uh, it was much more, uh, comforting than going to New York and LA and, uh, you know, I wound up going to Nashville and started recording and, and just kept going back and forth. And here I am today. Been there ever since. I've always wanted to go to Nashville. Always. Um, it's I, I, I it's don't, a great place. I don't know anything about it apart from the uh, TV series Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that was partially true in some of the things that they had in that. Hmm. Uh, but Nashville has changed dramatically over the last 30 years. I mean, this year here, celebrate I celebrate my 30th anniversary of being in Nashville. Wow. You know, so um, when I first moved to Nashville, there was 26 major labels. Uh, uh, there was there was recording studios just abundant with with life. I mean, it was just just uh, just hustle and bustle and just just really, really good. Today, you've got three major labels. I mean, you've got like Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers, because uh, you've got Curb and and you know and a few other major independents. But but all those made twenty six major labels have bought, been have been bought up, and they're under one you know one or two umbrellas now. Mm. And a lot of the recording studios that were just busy all the time, they've been torn down for con condos and high rise. I mean, Paul McCartney recorded in one of these studios. They tore down and put put up a condo. You know, it's just really sad. So it's it's changed dramatically in the last 30 years. It's still great. I mean, they've got the Country Music Hall of Fame. You've got the Ryman. You've got you've got, uh, you know, the Predators that play there. You've you've got a lot of, uh, you know, good, good places to go and still a lot of entertaining things to do here in Nashville. But but compared to what it was in the 90s, it has changed dramatically. Yeah. It's a common story, isn't it? Especially in the music industry, unfortunately. But uh... That's, it that's is. It. So um, it says here that you were a band leader on tours. Does that mean you were deacon? Well, what I did is <laughs> is um, when I first came to Nashville with my with my my friends the first time, um, it was the we we traveled Music Row, which is one little building after another, and and then we um, we went we came back a second time, and we actually got a publisher that was interested in recording some of their songs and and helping them. So they lined up a studio. We went into the studio and the piano player didn't show up. 
for whatever reason. And so they looked at me and they said, they said, well, he can play piano. So the producer looked at me and says, well, he says, you want to want to want to take and make yourself a few bucks? I said, sure. So I went in and here I am playing with some of the some of the best musicians in Nashville. I mean, it's like like here's a country hit guy, right? You know, playing with 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 some of the top session players. And and then um, uh, this this guy just happened to happen to come in to to meet somebody and he saw me playing there and he didn't recognize me, know me because he knew all the other players. He come up and introduced himself and 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 asked me what I was doing. And I told him, you know, the, how I wound up in that seat. And he goes, uh, you know, he goes, are you doing anything right now? He goes, you're you going on tour. What are you doing? I said, no, I'm actually uh, in between bands. And I'm going to when I go home, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. And he goes, well, how would you like to go out with Ronnie McDowell? He goes, he's looking for a keyboard player and a, and a backup singer right now. He goes, you could do both. You know, so so I wound up doing a, I, I wound up doing a tour with him. I was band leader. I watched over, you know, made sure that the band, you know, knew their chops and and, uh, you know, played the songs correctly and and wound up doing a short tour with him. And and then I went back to I didn't want to be a side man any longer. So I went back to doing my thing and trying to present myself as a as a singer. And but I worked with uh, Ronnie's uh, manager, and, and he would gave me some mentorship and helped me out here and there, and and it worked out really good. That's amazing. So it's it as quite often is the case, it's luck as well, isn't it? Right place at right time. It is. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world um, and still not hit that right spot at the right mm. time. And and you never know what that that spot is at the time. And that's why I tell everybody that I work with or potentially work with, make sure that you put your very best product out there that you possibly can, because you never know who's watching you and you never know who's around that next corner that can help you. Mm. I was going to ask you, have you got any advice for up and coming uh, musicians? Oh, that's I, that's what I tell them. Do your mm. best work always, you know, because because uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you're if you're doing it. And five people hear it or 500,000 people hear it. If it's not the best, you know, always do your best. Great advice, of course. And um, your single, Why Not Me, is available now. Uh, tell me um, the inspiration behind that. Well, um, you just brought up luck at the, at the right time. That's what this was. Um, I, I've been, I've been, when, I, when I moved to Nashville, I took myself off the stage and I went behind the scenes producing, developing, managing people. And I, didn't, I just didn't think about getting back on that stage and performing or doing anything again. And then um, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I, um, you know, I mean, everything shut down. You know, and mm. about seven years earlier, I had I had wanted to do a, a CD just for myself, just for fun, just to give to my friends, family, kids, grandkids, you know, just a, a little legacy, you know, nothing, nothing to try and sell a million records or anything. So we um, a friend of mine called me up. He goes, hey, we got nothing to do. Let's let's finish your CD. And I said, well, you know, rather than finishing, let's just start fresh. So I started picking songs. I started recording them. And then uh, that spring, um, a friend of mine that had written a song that I produced on a previous artist that I had been working with sent me a song that he that he had written. And he says, I think this is one of my best songs. I want you to hear it. So I heard it, it was called Why Not Me? And I listened to the lyrics and it's, and it's about positivity, never giving up your dreams. It doesn't matter when you do it, it only matters that you do. And I said, man, this is what I've been preaching on my social media for the last <laughs> years. You know, so so I told him, I said, you know, 
let me record this song. I'm not going to make it a big, big hit. I'm not going to sell. A, 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 I might, I might sell a hundred records, not a, not a hundred thousand or a million. I said, but you'll have a great demo to, you know, that's a radio ready to pitch around if you want. And so he goes, go ahead. So I did. And then my promoters in New York, LA, Nashville, and even over in the UK said, I want to hear what you're doing. So I sent him this song I just finished. And I had done it in a pop version, but I added a steel in it just to give it a little texture like the Eagles used to do with their steels. Mm. And everybody says to me, oh, you recorded a country song. Mm. And I'm going, it's well, that I twang, really is it? The country music twang, the steel. No, yeah, yeah. no. You know, and I'm, and I'm going, well, I don't, I, I said, okay, whatever you, whatever you want to classify it, I don't care. You know, so everybody said, oh, you've got to release this. I said, you're out of your mind. I said, I'm not I'm not trying to do anything to get myself a star or anything. I'm just doing this for, for my own enjoyment. And they come back to me. They say, yeah, but there's nothing out here like this that is as positive. So I said, well, OK, if I'm going to do that, then I've got to at least point fingers to help people out of this. So I picked the first responders because they was going through tough times through the pandemic and getting mm-hmm. getting you know things you know thrown at them and everything. So. I, I did a, a video on that and and I let people know that I was going to do this. And all of a sudden I started getting pictures and short video clips from all over the country telling me that I hey, can we be part of your part of your video. So I put it together and and over, I don't know, five or six months, it got you know, 125,000 views and and it got and you know, and it, it was good. You know, and then I figured, okay, that was it. You know, that that was that's I've I've done my thing. And and then a few months later, this lady calls me out of St. Louis and she goes, I really love what you did for the first responders. Can you help us do the same thing? And I said, well, who's us? And it turns out she's a speech therapist for autistic children. So I gave it some thought. We talked back and forth. I talked with her regional manager and everything. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I've got to re-record it as a more adult contemporary pop. So there's no mis- miscommunication on what it is and no misunderstanding from the from the other song. And uh, I did. And then um, I wound up getting uh, 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 some people. I got all all I got everybody that's in my video now. People go see it. Are autistic people from Nashville. So. So I did that, and within a few months, I've got I've got over two hundred thousand views on it. I've got I've got people calling me up for interviews, and 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 how can you bring attention to this? And, and I've come I've become kind of an advocate or an ambassador for 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 autistic you know community. So uh, I believe in believe in this. I'm trying to help people, and now my next. Uh, I, I haven't told anybody this yet, so you can you can be the first one that it's announced on. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. What is it? What is it? <laughs> I've just made a I've just made an arrangement now to where we're going to do the next episode of Why Not Me, and it's going to be Why Not Me New York. I'm going to be having uh, the autistic community in New York be part of the video. Okay, awesome. And uh, don't you feel? I mean, I feel no when you help somebody or help lots of people. Um, even if it's just entertaining them and giving them a good time, doesn't it make you feel nice inside? It does, and 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 not only does it make me feel good, but but uh, this this community, this autistic community. I mean, I mean, people don't realize. I never did until I was told. But there's one in seven people worldwide that either know someone or has someone that's autistic in their family. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a really you know tight knit community, and 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 you know. Uh, because of that, when I when people find out what I'm doing, they'll they'll 
they'll reach out to me and say, you know, we love what you're doing. Thanks for helping, you know, and, and they'll tell me stories of their kids or their grandkids. I mean, I had one gentleman, um, reached out to me, sent me a, a, a message and he goes, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. My son's autistic. And they sent me 30 pictures of his son doing different things, you know, and, and, you know, and when you get interaction that way, you know, it, it kind of gives you a, a nice feeling that, mm-hmm. that people appreciating what you're doing. Plus, you know, you're, you're giving a little comfort to people. And, and my, my whole, my whole uh, analogy on this thing has been, and, and is if I can help one person, you know, then it's been a success. Amazing. And um, have you have you got to rewrite the song for the New York version or what's going to happen there with the production? Actually, the production is going to stay the same. The only thing that's going to change is is uh, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to uh, re-record parts of, of my my part so that so it's not exactly the same. And and then we'll have the uh, different uh, different people in different different spots, you know, trying to tell the story of 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 their story. That's amazing. Tony, you've been uh, fantastic to talk to. Uh, Thank you so much for talking to me on Music Stories. All your stuff, of course, is uh, available on your website, which is Tony Mantor, which is spelled M-A-N-T-O-R.com, TonyMantor.com, including the video of the autistic children, because I watched it earlier, uh, for your single, Why Not Me? And um, thank you once again for talking to me. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. First, I want to thank Tony Lloyd for having me on his podcast. Great conversation, great guy. During that interview, I mentioned Why Not Me, New York. Because of the tremendous response we've received for Why Not Me, Nashville, it has now evolved to become Why Not Me, the world. So, over the next few months, I will be accepting short video clips and pictures of autistic people from around the world to include in my new music video. Also, my Why Not Me podcast, well, you guessed it, it's going to be Why Not Me the World. I'll be having autistic people that will tell you and me their life stories. I hope that this can create conversations and give inspiration to those in the autistic world that no matter where you live, you are not alone in this journey called life. I also hope that it can open minds. I want to see those that are not in the autistic world gain more knowledge and a better understanding of autism so this will give them the ability to have more acceptance when they meet someone that is autistic because of the stories they've heard on this podcast. I'm hoping to build a community that is worldwide. People that can come on this podcast, tell their stories, people that can listen, and hopefully that will create a community where everybody wants to give and help their local communities worldwide. Some of you may think this is just too big to get involved with. Well, let me tell you this. Once you start hearing the stories that I've been told by the people that will be on this podcast, it will make you want to help. Now, before I started my project supporting autism, I had friends that have autistic children. 
I was aware of it. I accepted it because I was aware, but I absolutely knew nothing about autism. Now I can carry on a conversation, yet I still have so much more that I need to learn. But that's where this podcast can really help us all. We can learn together from the stories of the people that will be on this podcast. How do we do this, you ask? One episode at a time. People telling their stories, people listening, people communicating, people sharing this, and ultimately, real people telling real stories and sharing to the world how they live their life. So join us. Let's do something exceptional together. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on, go to TonyMantra.com and sign up for our newsletter, and we'll keep you updated on all the exciting things that will be happening on Why Not Me, The World podcast. We are now one month away from episode one, and I am so excited to have our first guest on our show. So until then, if you're shooting for your dreams, remember this. If they can do it, just ask yourself, why not me? Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our show today. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. If you know anyone that would like to tell us their story, send them to TonyMantor.com, contact then they can give us their information so one day they may be a guest on our show. One more thing we ask, tell everyone everywhere about Why Not Me, The World, the conversations we're having, and the inspiration our guests give to everyone everywhere that you are not alone in this world.